0: the nick scott effect the nick scott effect available on spotify youtube apple podcasts google podcasts facebook watch and everywhere podcasts are found interview requests and show notes available at djnickscott.com Hey, what's going on and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thanks for checking it out. And this episode is very special to me. I'm going to show you the entire video, the entire speech that I gave last night at Bible Center HSM. They were uh, pretty cool to uh, record it. They recorded the whole thing. They had me all mic'd up and, and recorded it with one of their uh, pro cameras. It was pretty sweet, man. Pretty nice of them to do. So I'm very excited that they gave me that video and I get to share that speech with you and we're going to do that here in just a moment. First, I want to thank the sponsor of this podcast, the great folks at Mountain State Oral and Facial Surgery and the Facial Center. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the facial center and then a tattoo removal I'm going to have done. Here's a little bit about the facial center. They are a full service medical spa to meet your aesthetic needs. They offer skincare products, facials, injectables, laser treatments, PDO thread lifts, weight loss, and facial cosmetic surgeries, and a whole lot more if you want the whole menu of the great services at the Facial Center, simply head over to the website, thefacialcenter.com. There's also ways to contact them uh, through email, through social media, through a phone number if you want to make an appointment, or if you have more questions about their services. Again, that's thefacialcenter.com. And also, shout out to my friends at Mountain State Oral and Facial Surgery. You can check them out as well at OMS.com. Woo! All right. So this speech, I, I, I got to be honest with you real quick before we start started. Uh, I was terrified. As I mentioned in an update I did earlier this week, public speaking is nothing new for me. Uh, I've been able to do it for 20 years, uh, sometimes thousands, sometimes 10 people. But those speaking opportunities have always been in the realm of music or entertainment or DJing or broadcasting or something along those lines. So I was comfortable in that realm, in that world. Last night, I spoke about my life coming up as a child and as a teen and what I feel is very hard religion Um and the decisions I made afterwards. Um So a lot of vulnerability there. With vulnerability comes fear. I was a little scared. I was a lot scared, <laughs> if we're being fair. Um But they were great to calm me down and uh, just let me give this speech for about 15-20 minutes. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy it. I hope uh, it, it touches you, uh, maybe in some way, and um, you enjoy it. So, here it is. Would you help me welcome DJ, he's a professional DJ, a stud, and a star. <laughs> Nick Scott. Let's hear from Nick Scott. Please. I, think, uh, I uh, <laughs> the uh The check's in the mail for that. I, I appreciate that. What's going on, guys? How are we? I see it's a uh, spirit jersey. Do I have any Marshall fans in that? Like one. Okay. I like that. All right. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the elephant in the room. Where's the Mountaineer fans? WBU. That's what I'm talking about. Bandy. I see some, and this gives me faith for our youth. I see an Allen Iverson jersey. That's what's up. All right. So my name is Nick my full name is Nicholas Scott Broyles. Many people know me as Nick Scott and the big question a lot of people ask me they say why in the world Nick Scott and uh, I'll dive into that in just a minute. First let me introduce myself as Nick and my family I got a picture of uh, my family up here. That's my wife Kelly my daughter Addison who turns nine next week which is unbelievable um, and that is thank you. If she was here she would love that. And that is my son, Owen. We were just at Disney World three weeks ago, and now it's getting hammered by a hurricane, so we count that as a win. Um, So how I got the name Nick Scott? It's a funny story. When I first got my first start in radio, I was 21 years old, and I was working at a country station that could not survive with its name in this day and age. It was called The Rebel 105.9. And yes, the logo had a rebel flag in it, not very good for 2022, right? That's why it's no longer around. But I remember thinking to myself, what's a cool name to use? And 21-year-old Nick came up with Justin Time. Justin Time. Yes, it's terrible, I know, it's horrible. So I sat down with my program director and I said, what am I gonna come up with? He goes, what's your middle name? I said, Scott. So he said, Scott this, Scott that. And then I, he said, what about Nick Scott? And I said, two first names, that sounds terrible. And he said, We'll use it for now, and it stuck. So that's how I came with Nick Scott. Um, in 2002, I left the University of Cincinnati and decided to check out this whole broadcast radio thing, and I enrolled at the Ohio Center for Broadcasting. Uh, I landed, so while I was at OCB at the Ohio Center for Broadcasting, I thought it would be pretty beneficial to my radio career if I learned to DJ. I thought if I could play music in front of real people, that I could do it on air, right? So I got my very first DJ gig in 2003. That's the oldest picture I could find of me. That's about then, uh, doing a wedding. Yeah, man, Ancient. ancient. Um, and so I pursued my DJ endeavors and kept going my uh, my radio career. So I mentioned my first radio gig, I ended up going to a station called 198 in Cincinnati, and then I had the really uncanny pleasure, I'm sure we all have a favorite radio station or favorite TV channel, wouldn't it be a dream come true if you got a job working on that radio station or on that TV channel? I was so blessed to have that opportunity. I got to work at a radio station called Q102 in Cincinnati, and that was me on the air interviewing a listener who won, that's about 2006. Um, And in 2006, I branched out and was thinking, all right, I'm gonna leave Cincinnati, which I skipped. I'm originally from Cincinnati. So what brought me to West Virginia was I was putting out resumes, trying to expand my radio career, and got a phone call from a radio station called Electric 1027 in Charleston, and they moved me down here. I was there at that station, there I am, uh, for about 12 and a half years. Love those guys, still some of my closest friends. Um, But as life happens, I decided to move on to other things and got into what I'm sure a lot of you consume. I got into the podcasting world, and that's what I do these days. I'm lucky enough to be one of the uh, leading contributors on Club Killers Radio. Analytically, it's the number one DJ podcast in the United States. And then from that, I went into my own podcast, The Nick Scott Effect, which I've had Pastor John King on. Uh, And if you want to check that out, it's on Spotify. John and I had a great conversation. So through my career, I've been able to do some really cool gigs, really cool DJ gigs, uh, play some big crowds. Uh, I had a few pictures I was going to show. There's one. That was down at Magic Island. That was a lot of fun. This one right here is one of my favorites. That was in the Bible Center Auditorium in 2018 for the Special Needs Prom. That was my very first experience with Bible Center, very first time. I'd never been in the place, never met a soul, and they hired me to do that gig, and honestly, uh, if it wasn't for that picture, if it wasn't for that night, and that exposure to Bible Center, I don't know if I'd be standing here today, so that's a pretty important picture to me. Um, yeah, pretty cool, and I've been able to do some other cool stuff with uh, some artists and bands, national acts, but one of the coolest things I've been able to do recently, and I didn't see coming, is I do play a little bit of guitar, and I have been able to play guitar with the Bible Center worship team, and that's me up there, and that's that's pretty special to me, pretty special to me. So I I wanted to tell you just a little bit about me, who I was, so you didn't think, who's this weirdo up here talking to me? Um, And I just wanna give you a little background of, of my upbringing in the church. So when I was three years old, my mom and dad split, okay? After that split, my mother started going to a very charismatic Pentecostal church. When I say very charismatic, y'all, when I tell you this, we were were this close to getting bit by rattlesnakes, I'm not lying. It was very, very, very charismatic. And I love some of those people. I'm not putting them down, but it was a very hard religion for me as a child growing up. Um, My mom met my stepdad at that church. We regularly attended it. And then uh, when I was eight, my stepdad felt led to start a similar believing Pentecostal church in the inner city Cincinnati as an inner city outreach Um, And then at 14, he became one of the pastors of the church. So I have the coveted title of a pastor's kid. A little terrifying, right? So that was how I was involved in the church as a child. And because of this very hard religion, I was diagnosed in 2020 with post-traumatic stress disorder. I was diagnosed with anxiety, and I was diagnosed with depression. And I thank God that my wife pushed me to talk to a professional to understand it. And I haven't had any of those issues really since I started talking to a professional. But all of these symptoms were the result of a very hard religious upbringing. The theology that I was taught in church from the age of 5 to 18, that salvation could be lost in an instant. Salvation wasn't forever. Starting at the age of 5, I was taught of God's wrath, so you could say, Lord, save me, and you're saved. But if you went and watched a rated R movie, you're going to hell like that. That's a very, very hard, especially as a child, as a teen like you guys are. That's a lot of stress. That's a lot of anxiety. I was constantly taught of God's love, but equally God's wrath and how instantly your salvation could be lost. And you could experience hardships in life because you were outside of God's grace. And as A teen and as a preteen, I was consistently told that I was going to bust hell wide open. That's a real saying that was said to me almost weekly when I was 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old like many of you. Week in, week out, I was told, you're going to bust hell wide open. And that mentally messed with me as a a child. No matter how hard I tried, no matter what I did, I was always told that I was out of favor with God and I was a disappointment. So at age of 12, I started to have a lot of insecurity, self-doubt, low self-esteem, right? I mean, if you're told you're messing up all the time, it's hard, hard to be proud of yourself and feel like you're worth something. By age of 14, I started to become very rebellious. A lot of resentment, a lot of hurt. That's a big word there. A lot of hurt started to set in. By age 16, like many of you are probably here, by 16, I was full of resentment. Full of bitterness, full of hatred to my church and religion. By 17 years old, I remember walking into our kitchen, taking a calendar off the wall. We went to church on Wednesday night, and we went to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night. I counted every single church service I had left to attend until I could move out when I was 18. That's how resentful and bitter i had become with church and with God. At 18, I did exactly that. I moved out. I spent my senior year of high school living with friends, and I swore I would never again step foot in a church. And y'all, for 22 years, I kept good on that promise. In 22 years, I stepped foot in church six times, two of which was for my wedding. Now, I mentioned this to a friend. He's like, Nick, you might want to explain what those two times were. You didn't get married twice. So, once was for my rehearsal. The other was for my uh, wedding. The other four times was to make my new in-laws not think I was a crazy person. So I went to church with them. Uh, but that was it. I didn't want to go to church. So why am I talking to you today? When I was your age, I had these feelings of bitterness, resentment, and anger. And they snowballed so much throughout my teen years that I thought God had turned his back on me. So I turned my back on God. I think I lost my place here. (laughs) One, One thing that caused a lot of this resentment and bitterness and this hard religion is I had no one to talk to. That's very important. I couldn't talk to my parents or the people in the church about these feelings when I was young and how they snowballed because a lot of them were the leading cause of those feelings. So I couldn't talk to them about it. I would be just told that I was still in the wrong in God's eyes. I couldn't talk to it about it to my friends at school. I went to a public school. I was embarrassed, shamed, so it all stayed in here. I truly believe if I had someone to talk to when I was your age, I would have made some different life decisions, most importantly, turning my back on God. There are many roads you all can travel down that can lead to resentment and bitterness, and anger. Mine just happens to be the topic of religion. It could be something at home. And you know this in your heart. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass anybody anything like that. It could be family history. It could be something going on with someone at school. It could be someone in your church that's starting to cause these feelings. Communicating these feelings to someone you trust, I cannot expre- express this enough to you, is key talk to someone you trust and most importantly will give you correct guidance What do I mean by correct guidance when I was in that situation at my church? If I would have went to that church and asked for help I wouldn't have got correct guidance The abuse the the things that were told to me that just tore me down. That's what was coming from So I wasn't going to get correct guidance from there Make sure you're getting correct guidance and talk to someone to have a better understanding of Why you even feel that way in the first place? Why are you starting to feel anger? Why am I starting to feel anger? Why am I starting to feel bitter towards this person or that person? Talk to someone you trust to understand those feelings. Don't allow your hurt and your pain in your teen years to snowball into bitterness and resentment like I let it do me. Most importantly, talk to God, seek His wisdom. Because right now, standing in front of you, I can tell you, I absolutely did not do that. I turned my back on him. Remember that God is love. See, I was taught God loves you if it was subject to change by your actions. That's not true. God loves you no matter what. And it took me until I was 40 years old to realize that. Don't wait till you're 40 to realize that. God loves you just the way you're sitting here right now, period. I want to point you toward your small group leaders. If you're feeling any of these feelings of resentment, bitterness, anger, grab one of them. That's what they're here for. They're here to talk to you. They're here to help you. You don't have to do it tonight. You don't have to do it tomorrow. You don't have to do it this weekend. But if you see them at some point, pull them aside. Say, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. I'm starting to feel anger." I'm starting to feel sadness. I'm starting to feel bitterness about this situation. I need your help. That's what they are here for. Take advantage of your small group leaders. In the Bible, there was always a solution. The Lord always offered a solution. No matter the trials or the tribulations that were listed in the Bible, there was always a solution. There was always an out. There was always a fix. And that was Jesus Christ. So if you don't know him today, I would encourage you to Pull someone aside, and they'll pray with you. Heck, I'll pray with you. But there's always a solution, no matter what, and that's Jesus Christ. God has never and will never turn his back on you. Please let my story as a teen be a cautionary tale so you don't turn your back on God for 22 years. Thank you. Thank you. Plenty of time for any kind of Q&A. Actually, I got to get Was back. I Was I quick? Was I Was that 15 minutes? Was I That was, that was perfect. Okay. He wanted to get this all <laughs> in the cafe said so like this this my charge. If I'm going to speak today, I'm going to get one. Heck yeah, man. Look at that. That is awesome. I'm going to wear the snot out of this. That's, that's great. What that's what we want. We want to see you at your gigs and all that, you know, awesome. So, all right, so who has, uh, who has and don't be shy, I don't bite, I promise. And I know in a setting like this, you hear someone like me or Bandy up here going, there's no stupid questions. Well, there's really not. Anything you want to, sh- so, shout it out. What made you, like, start coming to Bible study? That's a great question. You know what? I prayed today, this is great. I prayed today someone would ask that. I did, and you, that was a first question. So I just want to point that out. So I have a four-year-old, and I have a soon-to-be nine-year-old, as you saw on the screens. And over the last maybe six months, I had this nagging in my head. And it was the Lord talking to me. I didn't realize it then. But I had this nagging of your son, who's four, doesn't know who Jesus, doesn't know the story of Jesus, doesn't know about Noah and the ark, doesn't know about Moses, doesn't know any of the things that we learn in children's church or, or Bible school or anything like that. He doesn't know any of it. And I felt terrible about that. I felt like I was failing as a father. My eight, soon-to-be nine-year-old, yeah, she'd been to church with some friends. Yes, yeah, she'd been to church with Grandma and Grandpa and a few other things, but not a lot. She kind of knew who Jesus was. And I just felt like I was uh, failing as a father. And uh, I remember I had a gig on a Saturday night before Easter. Uh, it was a wedding or something. Got home really late. I'm talking like 2 in the morning, driving up the turnpike at 1 a.m., And I got up at like 8, and I thought, hey, it's Easter Sunday. Let's stream a church service for all of us to watch. And my grandfather helped build a church in Milford, Ohio, a Methodist church, still there. So that was the first thing I thought about. We'll pull up United Methodist in Milford, Ohio, and watch it. And... It's funny I tell this story. We've all had plans, right? When you make plans, you know you're supposed to be somewhere at this time, at that time. Like, oh man, I gotta be at Bandy's house tomorrow at 8 30, and you, you make a mental note of that. And then that day comes, you're like, Oh yeah, today I gotta go to Bandy's house at 8:30. You made plans. There was an instant sitting in a chair in my living room where it's like I had plans to be a Bible center that morning, but the plans were made long, long ago. And that it sounds all, oh, that's the real deal. Like I can't explain it any more than that. It was like I had plans for a long time to come. And I remember I told my wife, I said, uh, I said, let's go to Bible Center for Easter service. And she goes, I have nothing to wear. That was the first thing she said. But uh, she, got, she got dolled up and beautiful like she, as she always does. We got the kids ready and off to Bible Center we went. And I remember standing there uh, during the worship, absolutely, A, blown away by the worship team and the production team. They do an incredible job. So as a nerd, I was like, wow, this is incredible. But the Lord started to speak to me, and at one point in that service, I felt the Lord say, it's been long enough. You've had your fun. Let's get to work. And that's something I've recurrently tell myself is, let's get to work. So uh, that's the long story. The short answer is my kids, and just trying to be a better father led me back to the Lord. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to, before the band takes over, I want to thank you guys because, listen, I've public spoke in front of crowds, thousands of people, for the last 20 years. (laughs) Talking on this subject of my life and faith, I was terrified coming up here. So thank you for being a good audience and hearing me out. I hope it made sense, and I really appreciate it.